Hello and welcome to Amanda's Wellbeing Podcast 5-Minute Food Facts Series. I'm Amanda Hayes, your host, a lawyer turned nutritionist with a deep curiosity about well-being. I'm learning as much as I can about living a healthy, active and fulfilling life and sharing what I learn with you on this podcast. I decided to do this 5-Minute Food Facts series because there is so much conflicting information available about food and various diets. Some of it is credible and some of it is not. It can be time-consuming, not to mention confusing, to try and sift through the noise and get to the heart of the matter. In this series, I will do all of that for you and present factual, reliable information in a concise and easy-to-understand way. The content of my 5-Minute Food Facts series is for information purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for advice from your own health professional. This is my final episode in my four-part series about protein. Today, I will explain why the need for protein increases as we age and also give a brief overview of the role of protein in wound healing. In the previous episodes, I have looked at what protein is and why we need it, protein intake for athletes, protein intake and plant-based diets, so I will not go over any of that ground again. So on to protein requirements as we age. The story of protein is a good one to illustrate how dietary advice has changed with the accumulation of nutritional knowledge. Previously it was believed that high protein intake put a strain on the kidneys and caused bone loss, and so it was a potentially risky strategy for older people. Today it is recognised that protein benefits bone health and that it's important to have adequate protein intake as you age. However, people with kidney disease need to consult with their health professionals about this. As I outlined in episode 1, according to the National Health and Medical Research Council, the recommended dietary intake for men ages 19 to 70 is 0.84 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight, and for women it's 0.75. Under these recommendations, our protein requirements do not increase per kilogram of body weight until we reach 70. From 70 onwards, men's protein requirements increase from 0.84 to 1.07 grams per kilograms per day, and for women it goes from 0.75 to 0.94. So to illustrate that, for a 70 kilogram male, that would be 58.8 grams per day of protein from the ages of 19 to 70, increasing to 74.9 grams a day from 70 onwards. However, there is some query whether protein requirements increase before the age of 70. Muscle loss begins from around the beginning of the fourth decade, and muscle strength declines rapidly from 50, I'm sorry to say. Some small studies have shown that protein requirements increase from the mid-50s in order to mitigate the muscle ageing process. However, it is noted that data supporting this is limited and it is certainly an area that warrants ongoing research. Ageing causes a progressive decline in the functioning of all organs and systems. We progressively lose muscle and the ability to build more muscle also diminishes. Many elderly people experience sarcopenia, that is, a generalised loss of skeletal muscle mass and strength. It is directly correlated 
with physical disability and a reduced quality of life. It is a bit of a vicious cycle. If you are weaker and have less stamina, your ability to engage in physical activity is obviously compromised, which can cause a further loss of muscle mass. This is actually one of the reasons why exercise, including resistance exercise, is so important as we age, as it can help attenuate muscle loss. A lower muscle mass reduces our basal metabolic rate, so our energy requirements fall as we age. In addition, many elderly people experience a reduction in appetite. We need less food, we eat less food, but we need more protein and other nutrients such as vitamins B6, B12 and vitamin D. And herein lies the conundrum, how to eat more protein with an overall reduced food intake. In practical terms, it means eating a nutritionally dense diet. In the case of protein, this means choosing proteins with a high biological value. And I spoke about that in episode one, such as meat, milk and eggs. It is also possible to meet higher protein needs on a vegetarian diet, but it does require good planning. So check out my episode three for information on vegetarian sources of protein. Another issue to consider is protein distribution. Some research shows that including high quality protein at each meal, around 25 to 30 grams, as opposed to one big dose at, say, dinner time, is an important contributor to preserving muscle mass and function. There are, of course, a lot of factors that need to be considered, like dietary preferences, cooking facilities, social support, the environmental impact of eating more protein, and the source of protein. For example, processed meats are classed as carcinogens. But I won't go into all of that here, other than to mention that Everyone is different, so an individual approach is needed with the broad goal of eating enough protein in mind. The reason this matters, I think, is because, as most people are aware, our population in Australia and other industrialised countries is ageing. The proportion of the population aged 65 and over increased from 12.3 to 15.9% over the past two decades. In that same period, the number of people aged 85 years and over increased by 117%. That's huge, compared with a total population growth of 34.8% in the same period. Therefore, it is important to ensure that as many people as possible age well, and diet can certainly contribute to healthy ageing. And just a brief note about protein in wound healing. Wound healing is a complex process and is divided into three phases. The first is the inflammatory phase, which lasts from four to six days, and that's when it's a bit painful and red. Then is the proliferative phase, which lasts anything from three days to three weeks. And finally, the remodeling phase where the wound heals, and this can go from two weeks to two years. Nutrition plays an essential role in wound healing. Protein and energy needs increase during wound healing. I mean, obviously, how much depends on the type and severity of the wound. As for energy, adequate energy intake is important so that the body does not need to use protein 
to produce energy. We want carbohydrates and fats to be used for energy so that protein can be left to play its role in the healing process. Protein, as we know from episode one, is essential for maintenance and repair of body tissue and the production of collagen. During wound healing, we need to consume all nine essential amino acids, but two other amino acids, arginine and glutamine, become what is called conditionally essential. That is, they are essential during times of stress, such as wound healing. Inadequate protein intake can prolong the inflammatory process and result in poor collagen synthesis, which impacts both the healing time and the quality of the healing. It's also important to obtain enough vitamin C, as this is crucial in collagen synthesis, vitamin A, zinc and iron. So that's my brief overview of the importance of protein intake as we age and in wound healing. It's also the final episode in my four-part series on protein. Watch this space for more five-minute food fact episodes where I'll be looking at gluten, how to read food labels including nutrition information panels and health claims, and the difference between food allergies and food intolerances. Thank you for listening today and I hope you found that useful. If you did, please share the podcast and tell your friends about it. And if you could take a minute to leave a rating on Apple Podcasts, it will help people find my podcast. If you would like to subscribe to Amanda's Wellbeing Podcast, you can subscribe on all good podcast providers like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio and Google Podcasts. You can also subscribe on YouTube. Please follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Amanda's Wellbeing Podcast and check out my website at www.amandaswellbeingpodcast.com. There you can contact me via the contacts page and please suggest a topic you'd like to learn about. And if you would like to support my podcast, one way you can do that is by purchasing a book from the book reviews page on my website. If you click on the Amazon button there, At no extra cost to you, I will receive a small commission when you buy a book because I'm an Amazon affiliate. Thank you very much for tuning in. Eat well, move well, think well.